0: Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony. And I'm Dan. And we are JMJ Missions, spreading the gospel by all means, one soul at a time. We give live talks, we make YouTube videos, and you can find us all over social media. And as you probably figured, we have a podcast. Whether we're giving spiritual tips, deliberating about current events, or talking saints and devotionals, we want to bring the Catholic faith to you in a totally orthodox, yet relatable, down-to-earth way. If you want to support us, head over to our website, www.jmjmissions.com. top of the morning to you and the rest of the day to yourself <laughs> that is the proper response to that term in case you didn't know is it really it is no actually way. yep so next time saint patrick's day rolls around you can look really cool <laughs> welcome to the jmj missions podcast i am your host this evening anthony mccharles a switch up i am joined by my co-host daniel McNersha.
1: Or Palmieri, which is my last name. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: think we mentioned why we call each other those names in a prior podcast. Yeah, you have, but to, you have to just search. You, you, gotta you have find to listen it. to
1: every single other podcast. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's
0: not that interesting. We'll save you some time, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Today, we're going to podcast about Judas. We're recording on Spies Wednesday, and we're going to try to release this as soon as possible, maybe even tonight, but probably tomorrow morning. And we figured what a good time to talk about sin and what Judas did in his betrayal. But before we get that, Thought we would do our stuff in the world. So today, my question for stuff in the world is it's springtime, and up here in the mid-latitude, we live in New Jersey. Uh, It's nice when spring happens, everything gets warmer. It makes me crave ice cream, and it also made me think of water ice. So the stuff in the world is water ice, or water ice, because we (laughs) say water here. So Dan, what's your opinion on water ice? No other explanation. Just give me your opinion on it.
1: Um, I'm a fan. Uh, water ice it's good that it exists i'm happy it exists uh i definitely enjoy water ice here and there and um yeah my favorite is italian water ice not as big on the polish water ice because italian water ice it seems like more liquidy which i like yeah me too polish water ice seems a little too icy and i'm not a fan of like you know i'm not like you know it's weird um what are those things that, that, that seem like they taste really good, but they're actually not the ice stuff, the ice, ice cones or Oh, like or slurpees. Or no, no, not slurpees. No, 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 Snow Cones. Snow Cones. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you about Snow Cones. <laughs> they seem like such a great novelty, right? It's like, oh, it's like ice, but it's flavored. Yeah. But it's terrible. Right. Like, it's just ice. The it flavor like wears nothing. out really quick. The flavor wears out after the first bite. It all goes to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Of the, so you think, okay, well, once I get to the bottom of the Snow Cone, then I'll enjoy, like, the flavor. But yeah. you get, like a half a sip of flavor uh-huh. so you just ate ice yeah just straight ice for you know 10 minutes yep to have a half sip of flavor so no i don't like snow cones and it, polish water ice is great but it's just a little too icy and, i've never it,
0: craved it i never really like thought like oh i really want some polish water ice yeah
1: it's more i'm, I'm all about the italian ice because it's more it's like liquidy it just seems like it has more taste consistently throughout the 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 ice
0: <laughs> what about dipping dots
1: I think Dippin' Dots are cool. They're like a novelty. Um, They're all right. Like they'll never be ice cream, (laughs) but if you're if you just had it with ice cream, like let's say it's late July, and you know it's like you've you've eaten ice cream seven or eight times already in the last few weeks, like you just want something different. Yeah, yeah, get your Dippin' Dots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would ever just get Dippin' Dots. You know, just. To get it. I've never, really go- I've never like woken up and thought, man, I can go for some Dippin' Dots. And I
0: don't know, even know if you can get them not inside of an amusement park. I've only seen them inside parks.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. But like, that's probably why. Because like, you're never going to actually go out of your way to buy them. So they Yeah, just kinda- they, they probably know that. Yeah, they've got to take advantage of the fact <laughs> that you're just sick of ice cream on a summer day. And you'll just randomly go for Dippin' Dots if your kids are screaming for it or if you randomly want it. Yeah. I mean, it works. They're still in business, right? So True. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think the best water ice flavor is mango, by the way. Mango is the best.
1: I think mango is a classic water ice flavor. It's very good. Um, I like cotton candy from Rita's. Nah, I, don't know, oh, I love like cotton candy. Stale bubble you know gum. what I really like? I like cream ice. Cream ice, which is like the cookies and cream yeah, and chocolate it's, it's chip. It's almost like ice cream. Water though. ice, yeah. For, well, yeah, but I, I like mm-hmm. that. So, But it's different. It's definitely different texture. Did you know that water ice is way colder than ice cream? I,
0: actually, I, knew, I didn't know that specifically, but I knew that water and ice is colder than ice. I knew that.
1: Wow, that's really weird. Never thought yeah, of that. The combination of the two is colder that, than just regular okay. ice. That makes sense. Very uh-huh. interesting. Never never would have thought of that, but all right. Cool. Yep. So f- so you like you like water ice? You're a fan, I guess? I like it's water ice. Right? All,
0: all in all, I give it a 7 out of 10.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd give it more. I forget that it, it exists sometimes. It,
0: true. And it makes, like, even though it doesn't touch my fingers, my fingers are somehow always sticky. After uh, I eat water ice. It's just Always. The, yeah,
1: it's the cups, the cheap cups that like yeah. leaks through or something. Mm-hmm. Whenever I remember that water ice exists, particularly in the heat of summer, I am definitely a fan and I will tell you, I can already tell you right now, my son Danny will probably be a gigantic fan of water ice. This will be the first summer he can enjoy water ice. He will be two at the beginning of the summer and um, I can tell you we'll probably be That'll probably increase our, our water ice purchasing by three to 400% <laughs> yeah. from last year. <laughs> we should
0: definitely get some later today. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, we're about to get <laughs> into, our, into our topic, and so let's take a little break, and then it's topic time. <laughs> All right. We are back. Thanks for sticking around. All right, today, talking about Judas betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver.
1: And how we can relate to Judas, which is kind of scary. That's right. Really scary, Mm because we can all all be Judas sometimes, and that's, well, that's scary.
0: Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and whenever I teach this story to my students, and I tell them that Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, instantly there's always like four hands that go up, and they want to know, is that a lot of money? And the answer that I tell them is that it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And then I ask them a follow-up question. I kind of play devil's advocate. And I say, let's say that I can offer you $5 billion right now. And you'll never have to worry about money for the rest of your life. You'll have the nicest house, the nicest cars. Anything you could ever want is yours for the rest of your life. Totally taken care of. Sounds nice, but all that it would cost you is your soul. Is it worth it? And they all say, absolutely not. Wow. No. And then this one kid tried to argue with me and say, well, like, well, no, it, w- it would be awesome because then you'd have like a really awesome life. And I said, well, yeah, but what would happen at the end of your life? And then so it's it's and
1: th- end. you actually wouldn't have an awesome life because what you'd find out after a few years of having money is that even that gets kind of boring. You right. feel Empty on the inside and you're actually not really as happy as you thought you were going to be.
0: And then I would just be counting down, like wondering, oh, no, I maybe I have 10 years left. I have five years left until right. it's over and then I'm toast forever. Like, right? So it's not worth it. So even if that 30 pieces of silver translates to a lot of money, no matter what the amount of money was, it doesn't matter because it's not worth it. Mm. And actually, further on in Scripture, uh, this past Sunday was Palm Sunday, and I was trying my best to pay attention to the reading because it's a very long gospel reading. And I never knew this before. I never caught this before. But once Judas did this, he tried to give the money back. Yeah. And then... The even the people once they had the money, the I guess it would be the would it be the Sanhedrin or the high priest yes, that, that yeah. took the money? I guess so. Yeah. They even kind of acknowledged the fact that it was blood money, right? Like that it was for the price of blood, right? So they didn't even really want to do anything with it. So what they did is they bought land that would be used for a cemetery. Yeah, so and it has
1: a nickname of the field of the blood field of or blood. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
0: that and that I guess that makes sense. Like instead of them buying like something for themselves, something selfishly. When I was watching that, it reminded me of a show. And I don't condone this show. It's not the holiest of shows, but there's a show called Breaking Bad. And maybe some of you, uh, some of our viewers have, have watched it. It's a pretty famous show. And in one of the episodes, uh, basically the premise is that there's two guys and they make a lot of money by selling drugs and, and making drugs, actually. And they go through uh, scenarios of, or ups and downs of life where they're happy about what they're doing, other times where they're really sad about what they're doing and they feel like monsters. Uh, there's this one episode where one of the guys feels like a monster. And, you know, he did horrible things to get this money. Mm-hmm. And then he has this bag of money in the car and he's driving around with this bag of money and he doesn't know what to do with it. So he just starts finding anyone that he can and just offering them stacks of money. He wow. goes up to like a hot dog stand, walks up to home a homeless dude and just gives him like $10,000. Wow. And then he's driving around and throwing the money outside the window, like almost like a paper, bore, paper boy uh, and making it land on people's fronts. Just because he feels bad about how he, he got the money? Because he feels horrible about the money. Because wow. Yeah, so he can't take it. So that's the first thing I thought of, how like... The money, the money's temporary. It doesn't matter, you know. Like anything that you could have here, it stays here.
1: Right. The other thing is uh, when it comes to Judas, I actually wondered how much money that was a few times as well. And while you're right, it doesn't matter how much money it is because no amount of money is worth your soul, whether it's five bucks or five million dollars. Um, I did look it up, and uh, it, they think that the thirty pieces of silver was about the same as a three of uh, four months wages of a skilled laborer. Right. So you think a skilled so a laborer nice back then a skilled laborer today, what they make seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year or something like that. Depending on what they do. Eighty yeah, something like that. So you think one third of their salary. We're looking at about twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, give or take. I'm not sure how yeah. it's a ballpark estimate. But right. that's so that's a lot of money. Uh, I guess relatively speaking, but like obviously didn't right. didn't actually Espe- make Judas feel any better. Especially you know? for
0: what's seemingly an easy action, like all he had to do was kiss Jesus on the cheek, right, and then to get twenty five thousand dollars, right, seems easy. Um, and then it got me thinking even more. I, and I was whenever I read the story, I'm like kind of like Judas, like what an idiot, like like, <laughs> well, like why would he do that? But then I was thinking about it, and you know, like all of us are kind of like mini Judases every time we sin, yeah, because. When we sin, especially if it could be like, let's imagine a mortal sin, whatever that mortal sin may be. We know that it's wrong. Right. Uh, we do it out of our free choice, and it's a serious matter. Mm-hmm. So we know all three. We get three check marks there, mm-hmm. and then we do it anyway. And the reason that we do whatever the sin is is usually because there's some form of temporary enjoyment that comes from it. Right. Or some type of temporary reward. And so we take that, but we exchange our souls. Right. So
1: it's like every what Judas did, we also do. So that that's actually crazy. Uh, you mentioned this to me, to me before when we were thinking about this podcast, and I thought that was a great point you made. That technically, every time we sin, we are trading God's presence and His His relationship with us, and like the warmth and the and the peace and the happiness that that brings for a fake reward yeah. here and now. It's like it's like give me something that I want that feels good to me right right now right now. Uh-huh. And I don't really care about what's going to happen later. Right. And I don't really care about the relationship with God that I have right now.
0: And that reward will fade too, no matter what the reward is. It right. fades. 100% it fades.
1: On the retreats, I tell I tell the students, and I just tell my students in general too, um, You know, when it comes to rewards fading, God is the only thing in existence. In fact, he, he's where existence comes from. So you really can't <laughs> even say God is in existence, theologically or metaphysically speaking. But for the sake of the story, I'm just going to say God is the only thing in existence that can permanently make you happy, and it's the deepest kind of happiness. Everything else gives you a temporary, or even kind of almost fake. Mm-hmm. Something's kind of missing on a deep level. That there's a, there's a piece that's missing. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. deep, shallow, uh, a not as deep, shallow kind of uh, fake, temporary happiness. Like and I tell the students, you know, I could I, you put your happiness into anything, and it can be it can be removed. Like sports, and nothing. There's anything wrong with sports. I played, you know, five sports growing up um but so many kids and people in general put their happiness into sports whether it's watching it on tv or whether it's playing it well if you're playing it what happens when you get injured right if all your happiness is into sports and you know half the kids that i talk to they put their hands up when i ask who's ever been injured yeah there goes sports there goes your happiness exactly. right if you put all your happiness into sports and let's say you're betting and the team you don't want to win wins well there goes your money there goes your happiness let's say it's in a specific sports team and i love the fly i love the philly sports teams uh-huh. and we follow them but um, you put all your happiness in, into that. They don't win. It can literally ruin your day or your week or your month. Yeah. I know people where it's ruined their year because right, they were so obsessed they, with the sports team. They just lost the Super Bowl, so that was way too hard uh, for some people. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. people that, that were actually really, really sad. Yeah. And that's actually... We've mentioned this in podcasts before, so I won't stay on it, but before my conversion, if the Flyers would lose in the playoffs or the Eagles or the mm-hmm. Phillies, doesn't matter who, Sixers, I would be like really, and I mean really sad. Like My day... In fact, my week was ruined when they lost. Yeah. And it would take me like, time to get over it. As I remember if I that. got over a friend ditching me. Or, yeah, or, you or know, like a breakup. A, a breakup. It's yeah. the, that's how it feels. You now, I, like I said, we're from Philly. We go nuts about sports. It's kind of funny. We're kind mm-hmm. of proud of that. But at a certain point, nothing can make you happy the way God can. Even yeah. if your sports team wins the championship. Right. There's, there goes the season. <laughs> the season's over. Yeah. So you, you have to wait another four months to see them play anyway. You're really happy. You know, you go to a couple of parties and you high five your friends. This is great, you know. And you buy, you maybe buy a shirt online. Two weeks later, it's like, okay, it's back to normal. It's back to normal. Like, yeah, like, like this, this is like sports are great, but they, and they're just one example of many. Yeah, they can't give you the happiness God can. Mm. Another person, they're not going to perfectly love you the way God can. Your yeah. friends, your even your wife or husband. You know, your 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 parents, your family. These are all beautiful things, having relationships, but nobody can love you permanently the way God does and give you the depth of happiness. And every time we sin, we're trading, like you said, trading it for, for technically a temporary, a temporary good. Yeah. um, Or quote unquote, 30 pieces of silver, you could say. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So let's say you do, let's say you actually give in and you commit whatever sin it may be. Like you take, you accept 30 pieces of silver, you do a horrible thing. Hopefully it should lead to contrition. So contrition is obviously that feeling of remorse after you commit a sin. And I could be wrong about this. I don't know if this is theologically accurate, But I personally feel like if you have contrition over your actions, I I think that's still a good sign. I feel like it means, like, you're at least aware of the difference of good and evil. And, like, you know the good, you realize that you failed to do the good, and you wish that you did the good. Yeah. So, like, I think that's partially the Holy Spirit that's still there, uh, even after you commit a sinful action.
1: Yeah, well, actually, I was reading a book. It's a theology book. Actually, it's a book on spirituality, but it's been used as a textbook for professors teaching seminary courses on spirituality. It's mm-hmm. by Adolf Tanqueray called The Spiritual Life. It's a classic spiritual book. And actually, I read the section on mortal sin, mm-hmm. and it said when you commit mortal sin, you cut yourself off from all grace. You have totally cut yourself off from God in every single way except one. Uh-huh. There's one grace that can still get into your soul, and that's the grace of contrition. Yeah. And that was a, it's like an official spiritual thing wow. in this textbook that when you – like there's one – connection to God that's never broken which Uh is contrition and I forget which saint said this but apparently um, oh man I can't remember which saint said this but it might have even come from an apparition of Jesus maybe it was Saint Faustina or Saint Therese or Saint Augustine or something like that but um, the saint said that when you sin and you repent God can actually make you holier than if you hadn't sinned before Uh because the contrition caused you to be more humble and humility goes such a long way with God but the one condition with that is that you have to actually be improving. Yeah. So if you're committing mortal sins or any sin, and like you're sorry and you go to God, that's great and you're forgiven. But if you continue to sin this way or you get worse in that sin, then you're not getting holier. But if you're you sin and you go to confession and you repent, and then you continue to pr- improve on that sin, mm-hmm. you're actually getting holier than if you hadn't sinned before because right. of the humility that is Of course, not that man. that's an excuse to sin. Of course, never, yeah. but that's how gracious God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And because it also would be worse if you commit some horrible sin and you feel nothing. Because if you feel nothing, I feel like then like God's just not present in your soul at all. Oof.
1: And that's the scariest part is once you – and people need to watch out for this. Yes, God is un- unconditionally loving. He'll forgive any sin. But the more mortal sins you commit over and over again, unless you overcome the sin eventually – you might get more and more numb to the gravity of the uh-huh. sin, and that's when things get really dangerous, not only for your soul, but for society. I mean, you think of the horrible crimes you see people commit when they do disgusting things that you, people say, how yeah. could they have done this? It's because over a year—this doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It's because over years and years, they're becoming more and more numb to yeah, and, the sins they are committing.
0: And desensitized. Exactly. Yeah, and even St. Paul said this, I think, in, in the Romans, book of Romans, I think. He said, I do the evil that I don't want to do. And that's where kind of like the flesh is willing, but the spirit is weak. Right. So like we understand that feeling of like knowing that something's wrong and kind of doing it anyway. We know what that's like. Um, so Judas felt bad, like he felt guilty. That's why he tried to even give the money back in the first place. And at what I always, I always think about this. I think like if Judas would have given the money back, and then the next thing he should have done would have been to run to Jesus. Now mm-hmm. obviously Jesus still would have been arrested, mm-hmm. and he still would have been crucified. But maybe Judas could have made his peace with Jesus. Right. And then, obviously, Judas would have been seen as one of his followers. And then maybe Judas would have been martyred on the spot. But then at least his death would have been noble. Right. And you know, he probably would have been forgiven. And, and then...
1: you know, being the, the, the result of his sin was that he killed himself anyway. Right. I mean, if he was going to die either way, he might as well die in a gracious, amazing act of uh-huh. repentance. Yeah. And... and uh and that would solidify him as, actually, he would have probably been canonized. He would have been. He would have been right. a saint. He would exactly. have been a saint Judas. Yeah, but, actually... but
0: obviously, as you as everyone knows, that's not what he did.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I want to mention one more thing uh-huh. before we get into the right way to handle things uh-huh. that Judas did just before we finish talking about that. Uh-huh. Is that how did he betray Jesus? I thought about this the other day. With a kiss. And the kiss is like, he says, the one whom I kissed, that's that's Jesus. He goes up to him and says, hail rabbi, kisses him. It's like the kiss of death, right? Yeah. It's, like, it's like such a it's such a deceitful and disgusting thing because it's like he's doing a friendly, really, really intimate, friendly act with Jesus by kissing him on the cheek. And um, in reality, by when he's kissing him, it's like something of the devil because the devil is the father of lies. It's actually him betraying Jesus to his death. And I thought of that too. That's what we do as well because hardly ever does anybody say, I'm just going to sin and I don't care it happens but it's really rare and judas doesn't go up to jesus and say yeah i betrayed you here he is guys mm-hmm. like he still he still somehow you know felt the need to do some kind of friendly act to jesus by kissing him right. rather than just being honest and saying here's what i did that's what we do when we sin. Yeah, we 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 make all kinds of excuses. We pretend we're not doing what we're doing. We we cover it up. We get deceitful. That's true. You know,
0: I never thought of that because he could have looked at the the people who arrested him and like from a distance and just pointed and like, here he is. Right. That's that's the guy. Right. But he went up to him and said, "Hail, Rabbi!" And then even even the words "Hail, Rabbi" are fake. Oof. Yeah.
1: Oof, yeah. And I, I, I think about that, you know, it happens to us, happens to other people, but we don't want to ever admit. That's why humility is so important. We mm-hmm. don't ever want to actually admit our real intentions and really be honest and admit to ourselves and other people what we're trying to do. So we will cover it up. We'll cover up our true intentions with ourselves and others. We'll even tell ourselves, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not really, you know. I'm, not, I'm doing this for my own good, I need to protect myself, I need this, I need that. We make up all kinds of lies and exaggerations to sugarcoat our sins, even to ourselves, because mm-hmm. we can't live with the fact that we've done this, Yeah, you know? true. Um, the answer to that is humility, and is to just, it's honesty, humility, and honestly, trust in Jesus. Mm-hmm. When you trust that God can and will forgive you and that things can be new, you trust in the resurrection after the cross, then it gives you the, like, the motivation to be like, okay, I can admit my true intentions. Right. Here. I know it's, I know it's not over for me if I exactly, do Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. But we all know the story. We know what Judas did. After that, he went and he, and he killed himself. Right. He hung himself. I actually like in the gospel how it says it. It says, and then Judas went and hung himself. And then it just moves on. <laughs> like it doesn't even like, doesn't say another word about Judas after that. It just, right. just keeps on going. And I think that's interesting because it's like Judas chose what he chose. And it's like, you just let it, let him choose what he chose. Right. And then you just, just keep going.
1: It also shows the holiness of the gospel writers that they mm-hmm. didn't, cause they were all obviously like, yeah, they could have If you like knew Jesus, them. right. If you knew <laughs> yeah. Jesus and like you knew Judas and he was a friend of yours, like, can you imagine right. like, like rock, like, like, yeah. rock, like, like rock all of a sudden, like, you know, like, Assassinating me, like you, uh-huh. or or you, I'd be like tempted to like bash the crap yeah. out of Rock next time we podcast. That's true. Instead of just saying, "Yeah, Rock, uh, Rock killed Anthony," think yeah. <laughs> like, that's all I would. <laughs> so it shows the holiness of the gospel writers that they didn't dwell on it or really gossip about yeah, Jesus and overly. just moved on. Yeah,
0: and then this reminds me too of what Peter did because Peter did. I don't know if it's equally as bad. You don't want to rank sin. Uh, mortal sin is mortal sin, but Peter also denied Jesus three times, and we've talked about that before. But what Peter did differently is that he wept bitterly afterwards Mm -hmm. and when he wept and then at the resurrection, Dan, if you can sum this up, can you tell like what did, what happened when Peter saw Jesus?
1: Well, after denying uh, Jesus three times, um, as you said, and he wept bitterly. And by that, like Peter probably felt, I mean, this is, think about it. This is the guy who he, he literally hours before said, I'll even die with you. And he meant it. He really, I mean, Peter is very emotional, but Peter really had a heart for Jesus. He really, really loved Jesus. And, tried to fight for Jesus. Remember, he cut off the high priest's ear mm-hmm. when Jesus was arrested. So, I mean, Peter, you can tell, knowing his personality and knowing the gravity of what he did, especially cursing at the woman the last time yeah. that the woman said, we know you, you're one of his followers. Um, he he probably felt, he probably despaired to such an extent that he he may have been having thoughts of like like Judas did, because mm-hmm. that's how much Peter loved Jesus. So this guy really, really needed, he needed a change. He needed something uplifting. He needed peace. And he didn't know where he was going to find it. Um, and so I love the story. One of the Jesus' resurrection appearances, the apostles are out fishing, and uh, the way I describe it is: imagine you're there, you're out fishing, and uh, you know Jesus has resurrected, but he's only making brief appearances. And um, the sun is just uh, coming up over the trees uh, out on the, uh, on the shoreline, and you're out in the lake, uh, and you see the apostles see a mysterious figure on the shoreline looking at them. And they say, "Who's that?" It's getting brighter and brighter. They realize it's definitely a person who's looking at them. And then they hear this person say, you got to love Jesus. Cast your net over the other side of the boat. It's like an inside joke. It's like an, it's like a wink-wink. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the first thing he said to Peter yeah. and to, I think, John, right, when they first met. I mean, he has so many lines like this. I love his human personality. But anyway, they look at each other and they say, it's the Lord. And they start panicking, like rowing in as fast as they can to get to him. I mean, so excited, so happy. Maybe tears in their eyes. You know, you don't know. And it says Peter was so excited. He tucked in his garments, just jumped into the water. (laughs) He's the only one that did this and just swam as fast as he could. When they get to shore, he's actually making him breakfast. He's cooking fish, which means he's not a ghost in his resurrection appearances, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. So he says, come have have breakfast. You you can imagine they're all like too scared to speak because they realize this is like a supernatural, amazing thing happening in front of them. They know it's Jesus. They're all sitting around and it's silent. You could probably imagine just hearing the crackling of the fire. And then uh, Jesus looks up at Peter and says, um, Simon, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord. And then he says, um, feed my lambs. He looks down. After a few more seconds, probably very awkward, he looks up again, Simon, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord. And he says, tend my sheep. Looks down. um, And then he looks up one last time and says, Simon, Peter, do you love me? And it says, Peter got disturbed. And he like really bothered him because he was already feeling so horrible, (laughs) probably, right? Mm -hmm. He says, Lord, you know, all things, you know that I love you, and then I imagine in my mind, Jesus nodding, like, yes, I know you do. Like, I know you have a good heart. And then one last time, Peter, uh, Jesus says, um, "Feed my lambs, tend my sheep." So, um, the reason he did this three times, and I don't, other people caught to this faster than me after my conversion. I found out about this years later. The reason he asked Peter three times is to make up for the three times that Peter um, yeah. had denied him. And the reason Jesus did this was not because Jesus needed to hear it. Jesus knows hearts. He knows Je- Peter's heart. It's for Peter. It's for Peter because he wants Peter to be at peace. He knows Peter messed up, but he knows deep down Peter has a good heart. He's going to grow from this. He knows that he loves Jesus so much that he's going to be one of the greatest saints of all time. So in order to put Peter at peace, he said, okay, here you have three chances to tell me you love me. So you can like know that I forgave you and move on and be the saint that you're made to be. And look what happens to Peter. He becomes one of the greatest saints, the first pope, greatest saints the church has ever had. To the point where he was crucified, willingly upside down for yeah, Jesus so, at the end of his life.
0: And then that means that he, he meant what he said when he said, Lord, I would die for you Yeah, or just with not you. then. He just wasn't yeah, ready just yet. Yeah, it took him yeah. a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, he, but yeah, but good he point. did it. But yeah, I like that story. Uh, Dan tells that story on our retreats. Um, so if you want us to come to your church and run a confirmation retreat, send us an email because Dan will tell that to the confirmation students. I also
1: mentioned it some of my talks too. Oh so yeah. Mission talks nice. for parishes. Very good. Um, uh, so I guess the point there, Ant, right, is the be like Peter and not exactly. Judas. <laughs> yeah, don't do not
0: do what Judas did, which leads me just briefly, I just want to mention this about suicide. Suicide is obviously a grave sin, but if someone is struggling with those thoughts, I think the last thing you want to do is go up to them and be like, dude, you're in sin. Right. For even thinking about that. Of course. So I think just, just getting that person help is more important than focusing on sin there. But obviously we want to be like Peter, not like Judas.
1: And then actually that's why confession is so powerful too. Mm-hmm. Along with therapy for someone who's extremely depressed about themselves, confession can do wonders if it's the right priest. So mm-hmm. go to a gentle Loving wise priest along with therapy, and that's the right. that really help with those situations. I've seen it with uh, students and and youth uh-huh. that I've worked with over the years. Cool. Um, and then
0: also, I read a cool article the other day, and it was kind of the question was, or the title was, "Was Judas possessed?" And it says in two different gospels, it says the devil entered him. Yeah. And like you can take that literally, and that that means straight up possession. Mm-hmm. And I read, an I don't know if I agree with this, but I was reading this article. It was uh, an interview with an exorcist priest. Uh, talking about telling a story about one of his exorcisms, which I totally believe in exorcisms, obviously, but it said that there was one demon that was shrieking and was really mad. And demons will answer the questions that you ask them because they're prideful. And the, the priest said like, uh, who are you? And then the demon replied Judas. And then the priest said, are the man or just like a demon named Judas. And then apparently it responded and said the man. And I, when I read that, I was, I thought that was interesting, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that it was real because I don't think souls can possess souls because then that would be Judas like getting a little vacation from hell. If he's in hell, you know what I mean? And then possessing someone's soul, which would be a lot better than being in hell. So I don't think that that was a human. Um,
1: That's a really tough question. Uh, My gut and I believe church teaching would say no, that that couldn't have been Judas mm -hmm. because soul, like you said, souls don't possess souls. Right. Um, It may have been the demon that, that messed with Judas. Like uh-huh. It like could that. be something like that. It could be. And
0: also, it could be the demon lying. I, like, I doubt this exorcist yeah. priest is lying. Like, he no, probably, he's reporting course. what he heard. Yeah. But, yeah. But
1: that's what, actually, that's why exorcists will tell you, uh, I think it was Father, um, oh my gosh, who's the really funny priest, who, who's a really famous exorcist right now. Father Ripper Father, Yes, Father yeah. Ripper. right. Father Rippiger said in an, uh, in an interview that, like, you have to be careful because, like, if stuff goes against church teaching or whatever, uh-huh. they say, you know they're lying. Yeah. Or if they're trying to get you to, like, focus on your own sin. You know, they're just Uh messing with you, but at certain points they, because the devil can't actually create up, create their own, the devil can't create anything on his own, including statements. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so the devil can only, evil can only twist the good things that God makes. So, um, so in certain points, they will actually tell the truth. If they're, uh-huh. really, if they're really being commanded in the name of Jesus Christ, actually yeah. is going really well, they might actually... So you have to be careful with that. I would say it's probably a lie. Uh-huh. I mean, who knows how the spiritual world really works when you're in hell? I mean, I have no idea how that works, yeah. but I would... I, yeah, the church definitely would not uh, officially say anything about a soul being able to possess a soul. Yeah. Now, my opinion, I don't know that Judas necessarily was fully possessed, but I definitely think that demons were messing with him. And I've mm-hmm. seen this happen. I mean, I've seen people... One person one time literally told me that they were doing something specific and they literally felt a demon, they felt a demon enter them mm-hmm. and then they changed yeah. like, on the spot. And like, and this person literally was different afterwards. Uh-huh. Like, this is a person that I knew that acted completely different and they admitted to me when I asked them what was going on, that like they felt a demon enter yeah. to them. Right. So, uh, and this person wasn't possessed, you mm-hmm. know, they, nothing, the demons weren't being triggered or anything, but like there's all kinds of level of demonic activity. Yeah obsession oppression things yeah. like that uh so i would definitely think something happened to confuse judas big time and that's what happens to us we get confused you know we've all been through weird rough patches where our faith hasn't been strong and and we've done stupid things we like, normally wouldn't be us and we're just like that's what we the devil's kind of at work mm-hmm. messing with us in some way yeah so i definitely think that was a, a play with judas
0: Definitely, and if you're listening to this podcast, and if you realize like, oh no, like I might be the Judas <laughs> in my own little way, well, it's not too late because it's Holy Week, and there's usually extra confessions during Holy Week, so oh, yeah. pop on over.
1: Oh yeah, and of course the the whole the whole point here is that Judas despaired, and Peter was forgiven, so he did not despair. Mm-hmm. And so with when it comes to your sins, the the nickname of the devil that I that I speak about the most besides Father of Lies is the Accuser. Uh-huh. he's known as the accuser because what he does is he tells you before you sin the devil says everyone's doing it it's not a big deal God will forgive you just do it you need this yeah. right? make whatever excuse up that you need to make then after you sin the devil says stay down you're nothing God will never forgive yeah. you you're trash Like and like he does that to try to get you to keep sinning because mm-hmm. your soul needs something to keep it going and oh. if it's not gonna if it's gonna give up on God it's gonna just keep sinning mortally Yeah. and so um, that's why he says that either way they're both lies the first lie is Everyone's doing it. God will forgive you. Just do it. Like, no, like you should never sin, mm-hmm. right? But if you if you do mess up, I mean, God will forgive you. Jesus yeah. did forgive Peter. He, he he look at Saint Paul, mm-hmm. killing Christians, yeah, and then the road to Damascus. He becomes one of the greatest saints ever. After that, you know, so the whole point with your sins is do not despair. God loves you. The message of Easter and of Holy Week is that after the horror horror of the cross, which was also the greatest act of love ever, so it's not just a bad thing. But after the horrific things the apostles. Um, experience at the cross came the resurrection and the joy and the forgiveness that especially Peter had after that so we always need to stay hopeful stay optimistic get right to confession don't worry about being embarrassed the priest hears things all the time they can't tell anybody just go and experience the peace and forgiveness and happiness that God wants you to experience afterwards and then get up dust yourself off and be a saint
0: perfect alright let's take a little tiny break and we'll come back with the devotional cup We are back. We have the devotional cup, which is now actually in a plastic bag because we travel (laughs) back and forth, and this way we don't lose any of the pieces. So, Dan, go ahead and shake it up.
1: And it's dwindling. Yeah, it is is dwindling. All right. I will shake it. Hopefully, people can hear me. Mm -hmm. Shake the bag. There's the sound. I'm reaching in the bag, and I have drawn Our Lady of Guadalupe. Very nice. One of my favorites. Guadalupe.
0: Wow. One of my favorites. I don't know. I'm trying to think right off the top of my head of how it relates to this. Oh, I got it.
1: Go ahead. I got it. So Judas betrayed Jesus, which was the price of blood. One of the greatest horrors of our time is abortion. And one of the greatest horrors of the history of, the, of uh, the Americas were these child sacrifices that the Aztecs were doing. When Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared, pretty much 8 to... Well, we've said this before, 8 to 15 million Aztecs converted because there were so many miracles coming from the image and because Juan Diego was such a holy guy... That the child sacrifices stopped, so that if that's a sign, and now Mexico is one of those Catholic cultures right. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Or in the U.S. well, in the world. <laughs> and, and also, now, right? So when um, she
0: appeared, she appeared pregnant.
1: Yes. With Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. So when it comes to blood money, there's uh, there is an actual documentary about ten years old out about abortion called Blood Money, because um, you know it's such a profitable industry. And Our Lady of Guadalupe is the one that put an end to that 500 years ago or um, give or take a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we need to pray for the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe to step in again that we can stop uh, stop the, the genocide that's happening today. Right. And it's also a sign of forgiveness because look at that culture. I mean, Mexican culture is one of the most culturally Catholic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has its own problems like any country does, but mm-hmm. culturally it's one of the most Catholic in the world. Yeah. Uh, so, So. That's just like God, you know, to take and something family like, oriented. And culture family oriented exactly. Mm-hmm. Lots of kids family yeah. oriented. So that sounds like God mm-hmm. to take something so horrible, like those atrocities that were going on, and then make one of the you know, most family oriented cultures in the world from it. Just like taking what happened with Peter, using that to make him more humble, forgiving him, and then um making one of the greatest saints. Yeah. So the end of the story is resurrection, the end of the story is life, the end of the story is goodness. So even though we're in a tough time, and maybe this should be a podcast for the future of how to mm-hmm. stay positive and like this, such the, yeah. the tough times we're living in right now spiritually, um, the end, we know the end of the story, and, uh, and God wins. So in our own lives, hope, spoiler hopefully, spoiler alert, Spoiler alert! God <laughs> wins in the end. So either in this world, he will win. There will be a, a new reign, a new spiritual reign of Jesus. There will be a new heaven and earth at the end of time, as the book of Revelation says. And uh, at the end of our lives, hopefully, they will, we will get to heaven. And bring many people with us. And that will be another triumph. And God can tell us, well done, uh, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen.
0: I like it. Want to close with a prayer? Yes. Cool. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, I would just like that you... I just want to pray for all of our listeners, all the people who listen to this podcast, all the people that support us. I just ask that you bless them tremendously. And if anyone is on the fence about confession, uh, we ask that you inspire them to go and to receive your mercy. Because... In you, they can find healing from whatever it is that they're struggling with. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.